Hey, I'm Sammy and welcome to the Queer Experience. Today we have Jay. Jay goes by he, him pronouns. He is said to have many identities. He has gone by different names at different times, like Justin, his birth name, and his first chosen name, Yosef. He has a lot of diverse identities, which includes Persian, Jewish, queer, first gen, and currently lives in Los Angeles. Today, Jay chooses to embrace all three of his names as each speaks to him in different ways. Yosef spent almost 10 years as an Orthodox Jew right up until March 2020 lockdown of the COVID pandemic when he began exploring big parts of his queer identity. Jay is also getting his master's in nonprofit management and works at JQ International working towards queer liberation in all spaces and is very grateful for the opportunity to be out and proud. Well, welcome Jay, how are you doing today? I've been looking forward to this opportunity all day really. Oh, yay. So thank you for having me. That makes me so happy. I've been really excited to talk to you because obviously you have a very unique background and I know coming from an Orthodox family, that's a very strict kind of culture for as far as I know. So tell me a little bit about how you realized you were queer. Yeah, so for me, it was a 10, it was really like a 10 year thing from 12 years old to 23. I was like forming and like finding like different pieces of this puzzle that for me was like, what, what, what am I? How am I different? What, it, what is, what are these things that I'm thinking about? Um, it really started when I was 12. I had a crush on my best friend at the time. And, and the reason it was like so hard to come to that realization that I was queer is because like, that was like an isolated thing. I'm a deeply like an emotional person. And I felt this way. It's like loving feeling towards like my one, you know, my one close guy friend. Yeah. Then there was like a there was like a seven or eight year period where those feelings like never reemerged for um for any guy that I felt. And I'm bi, and I had many throughout high school. I had many girl crushes, and you know, throughout that whole time, I may have had like half of one boy crush. You know, so from like childhood to college, like there was really only one experience, and that like really made me. It was a profound experience, but it really made me like think about, am I bi or, or am I queer? Or do I just like this, like one, this one friend, you know, it was always like a, like, what is this question in my mind in high school? I'm sorry. In college, I had a little bit of more of that and a little bit, a little bit more boy crushes, I guess. Yeah. And one day I was actually walking, just like casually walking in the street. This is when I was 23, about like 10, 11 years later. And I thought to myself, like, Yosef, that's what I called myself at the time. <laughs> Yosef, uh, nobody questions anything for 10 years. Like if you're, you can question something for one year, you can question something for five years, seven years at max, you know? But if you're questioning <laughs> something for 10 years, you're probably just in denial. Like you should yeah. probably just accept it and live a happy life, you know? So there was a very specific point where I was like, oh, this is me. And then I actually look back at my whole life and I'm like, oh, I've always been queer. I just never had the words for it. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things to talk about is like when Transformers came out and Megan Fox was in it and like all of the guys were talking about how hot she was. I remember thinking to myself like, yeah, she's very pretty, you know, and she is, she's, she's gorgeous. But I'm a deeply like emotionally connected person. I'm actually, I also realized that I'm demisexual too at some point. Which, which for those who don't know is like, you need like real deep and emotional feelings towards someone to feel attraction. Mm -hmm. All of the, I just remember like feeling in the past, like not connected, I guess, to like what all the other guys 
we're talking about and coming to the realization. Here and Demi that whole time was a real interesting experience. Yeah. So how did it feel when you first came out to yourself? Like, I know personally coming from a conservative background, it was really scary for me. So what was that experience for you? I was lucky that my close friend right before this experience, like about six months before, had come out to me. Um, and I saw how he was, you know, navigating space with his head up high and proud. So he modeled that for me. So I was very, very excited um, because it, it really gave me like this sense of like relief, honestly. Like for me, it was like, like I was really like thinking about whether or not I was bi for, for 10 years, you know? So for me, it was like this like big relief that I'm like, I finally have come to this decision. I, I felt like a load was lifted, not decision, this, this realization, this load had been lifted off of my shoulders. And that was like a really impactful moment. It's one of those core memories. I think like I'll never forget like that moment. That's amazing. What's been the biggest challenge for you? I know you could see your friend, but I bet there's challenges you faced yourself. Mm -hmm. I would say like the biggest challenge that I've faced since coming out, you know, there's a lot of like internalized hatred, you know, for the LGBTQ community. I think like that's, that's like a running theme in like in many, many communities. Um, the Persian one, and I, and I have heard like all these messages, you know, growing up. I'd say the first one is that I didn't have much Persian queer influence. The second one is when I finally came out, I really started feeling all this internal hatred towards myself. I remember getting my ears pierced and at night I would lay in bed and, and, ex and excuse my language for this. And this is just like an example of like the internalized hate that exists. I would lay in bed and I remember I would feel like disgusted in myself because my ears were pierced. I would be like, wow, I am such a bag. Like that's how I, I would like curse myself out in like the worst, in like this like really terrible way that like all I had were my ears pierced and being queer is not a bad thing. And it took me a long time to get over that feeling, probably about not a lot, like two months. But the challenge, the real challenging part, which is also bittersweet, is that I've, I feel like I've grown so much in this time. And it's been like a challenge to be around people who have not gone through that self growth. I, since I've come to love myself, I've also now come to love a lot of other people that I was harboring, you know, some resentment towards. So the challenge, another challenge is just not, not seeing eye to eye in terms of like love and affection of like all people that I now have. Yeah, no, I completely understand all of that. I know like with the self-hatred part, even myself, it was so hard. It took me years to get over that and to be okay with who I am as my person because we grow up in these environments and I feel like a huge part of the lack of representation does make you feel so lonely and left out. And with that, it comes with so much pressure on yourself because you're just there and you're like, oh shit, am I the only person going through this? And then you put uh -huh. yourself in such a high standard that you're like, I can't be the only one. And if I am like, that means I'm just like messed up. Like I'm not normal so 
Well, you know, Sammy, actually, that was one of the that was one of the pieces that really realizing that I can't be the only one because I really didn't know a single other, um, by at least by Persian guy. I, I think there were a few women that I knew, but of of the guys, I I had none. Um, but that's actually one of the one of the things that actually pushed me to come out and come out so publicly. I like looked at my whole community, and I'm. A, a social person. I know like thousands of people and like, let's say like thousands of, of Persian people. And I looked at them like, I don't know a single bi person. That doesn't make sense. Like all the pain that I feel and I felt for so long, like other people are feeling that right now. Mm-hmm. And until somebody, one person, you know, makes that jump into, you know, the public space and says like, we exist first I exist and this is my full self and we exist and there are loads of us yeah um no 100% when I first started coming to terms with my sexuality I actually for the first time met someone that was oh so I'm Muslim but I'm a very very tiny sect of Islam like there's barely any of us and we all know each other and out of nowhere, I meet this girl from Dallas who's a lesbian, and I have never heard of her existence before. And me and her became friends, and just knowing that she exists out there too and dealt with the community I did, I felt so at peace. And so I think it's wonderful that you came out so publicly. I bet it's helped so many people just feel less alone and feel more understood and accepted. And even when it comes to parents, parents are like, oh, but there's no one else. But now like you're the face where they're like, well, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's an, it's a particular thing in the Iranian community. Uh, I can only, actually, I can only speak for my sub community, the, the Persian Jewish community, mm-hmm. um, where there's this phenomenon where people come out and this, this is like the, one of the hardest things, but I'm, I'm also very strong willed um, child, I guess, of my parents. And I, they're like, okay, like we get it, like we get it, you're you're bi, but like, can you not be publicly bi? Like, can you just, like, you don't need to talk about it. I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. I need, the whole point, like the whole point is to talk about it, you know? Like for me, at least, like I could have been bi quietly my whole life. Um, I think that's like a, a little bit of bi privilege, you know, is is being able to like mold and blend into spaces, but, a big part of it was actually to talk about it. And, and I really feel for those people who feel like they have to come out and then go back in and then come out again. Yeah. Um, and, and it's all about the numbers. Like the more, the more of a community we have, the more we feel it. Yeah, stronger in numbers. Yeah. For sure. That's amazing. So when did you learn about what being queer is? Because you said you didn't know what it was for a while. Yeah, so I'm still I'm still learning every day. It's like you know, it's like an everyday thing. Well, I'm learning what my understanding of queer now is. I'll just say this: is queer is joy, queer is liberation, queer is queering queering all the lines, blending the lines and mixing the lines, and it's it's just like so much more. I think at the start of the pandemic, I was really like isolated. Um, and lonely and that took me to Facebook and to Facebook groups and I found Facebook groups of like young people who were similar to me and I learned a little bit about 
what that was. And I had never identified with the term before. And then I'm like, wow, this is just, this is me. All the, it was, it was, it was life-changing. Honestly, I, I always say I'm a different person pre-pandemic than I am now. It's like light and day. I got my ears pierced, I have my nose pierced. And also my personality has changed because I'm living my full truth and my full self and my full life is just shining and beaming and I'm loving and joyous and all of these things. It's, it, it's been, it's been a lot. That's amazing. It's crazy how much just accepting yourself can do. And like, I can see it too, just on you. It's just very positive and just good energy all around. And I absolutely love it. I love that type of energy. So I'm here for it. What's been the hardest part about coming out? The hardest part about coming out um, has probably been, you know, I feel like sometimes I have to like manage my identities based on where I am, Mm -hmm. which is really unfortunate. I think that's, I think that's common in a lot of queer spaces, not just brown spaces, but you know, sometimes I feel like I have to put on different hats which feel inauthentic. And a big part of me is trying to really mold all of my, just have, you know, that one kind of, that one string of, that, that one thread of me everywhere I go. I will say that I do have some family that is ultra orthodox and I'm not shy really with the queerness, I guess. And when I told them or him, I got a slew of text messages and a slew of calls, really, really terrible, terrible stuff that I think, I think can only come from, you know, just lack of knowledge and just, just, just a lack, you know, I, I, I hope that one day um just every member and these and these are people who like spew love and enjoy like that's kind of like their rhetoric you know it's like love like the real our our faith is loving and caring and this and that but I think like in in some ways um it really goes astray in the message and in you know what we're trying to preach and from from those though I feel much stronger to preach my queer stuff too like it, it actually reinvigorates me yeah, um, it reminds me how important it is to really to really do this work. Yeah, hundred percent. How did your family react when you told them you're queer? They hate the word queer. I don't know. I don't know how it is in your family. The word queer. I, it was it was actually really funny. I started using the word queer probably like a month after I came out to them as as bi. And my mom gets on the phone and she talks to her friend. You know, like you know, ch- chitter chatter that that like some families have. And my mom had never heard the word queer before, but her friend had. And her friend says, Justin's not queer. He's not, he's a man. Like, like what? Like, like what question mark? Queer means transgender is what they told me. So there's been like this, there's this big like um, re-education process that they probably, that my parents and my family have from Iran. You know, they, they immigrated in 1979. Um, so there's there's just like a lot of education that comes with that word in specific. And a lot of my my messaging when I talk about being queer is also catered towards the Persian community. So I, I steer away from queer in my education when I'm educating, but in my own personal life, I use the word queer. Um, but how did they take it? It was a it was a tough month, I would say. It was a really tough month. They didn't understand it. They didn't. 
you know, but I have a 13 year old brother. And I will say the difference between how my, my, my older brother reacted and my younger brother reacted night and day. You know, 13 year olds, Gen Z, they're like so cute, so woke, so with it, you know? Yeah. I told my youngest brother, David, and he said to me, oh, so you're just the same. And I'm like, yeah, I literally am. Yes, thank you. Like, I didn't even know what I needed to hear. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah, he's like, so you're just the same, but you like guys. I'm like, yes, thank you. So that was just a mixture, a mixture of responses. But yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I love kids these days. They're so like on top of it. I have a cousin yeah. around the same age. On her TikTok, she posted a whole like video where it was like gay rights, um, like illegal immigrants' rights, and, like all sorts of things. I'm like, yeah. people cutie pie. How did your brother, older brother, react then? Because if it's night and day, I'm assuming not that well. My brother, he he was proud of me. I will say he was really he was proud of me. Um, I don't give him enough credit actually. He was proud of me and. He is just so straight that <laughs> he just doesn't get it. But he was proud of me. One thing that I hear a lot in my community is if I had something like that, I would rather take it to my grave than say it, which also gets me thinking that there are a lot more, like to, to say that I'm like, there are probably, they are probably queer and they just are scared to say it. You know, like who thinks like that? You know, like, um. I've heard a lot of people say that. So that things like that. So well, it was different, but it was it was like a it was a good different, I guess. It was an okay, it was okay. Yeah. I think about all the time, like I'll be sitting in like my religious community and I'm looking around, I'm like, which one of you is closeted? Because statistically, some of you have to be. Yes, 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 Sammy. Yes. I literally Okay, there's a synagogue here in LA that I now feel very, I actually feel uncomfortable walking into, yeah. but it's called Nessa Israel. And, and on some Saturdays, on some Shabbats, there could be up to 3000 people in this synagogue. It's, it's, it's like one of the largest in LA. And I am thinking there is no way that 3000 people here are straight. It's just impossible. Like, let's say 12 to 15, and, and I think those are conservative numbers, let's say 20% of them, you know, like must, that, that's like 800 people, you know, like 800 people here must be LGBTQ plus, you know, um, I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, because isn't the statistic like one in three people are, so they have some explaining to do, I guess. Yeah, and I, and I look around, I'm like, systemically it's broken like it's broken that everyone is straight it just doesn't make sense it no. nothing makes sense no it doesn't and yeah. the funniest part to me is I don't know but like my family says this a lot but they're like no like it's just your generation that's like that like we're not like that but then you look back in history it's not like something they hid from history either yeah so how is it so overshadowed in their time, like their age? Yeah. Well, I get it because like laws and the way the world was, yeah. I still don't get it. Yeah, general, just like, it's, it's, it's just, it's so hard. It's hard to make that. Yeah. And like even understanding, standing it, 
I knew someone who had old whose parents were gay and even then people were just so shocked because they were like in their 50s and they were a gay couple and people would react so negatively in my community because they had not seen that mm-hmm. and that's so crazy because there's so many more people like that but it's just sh- so sheltered from the world yeah I've I've had this experience recently where a family member of mine had said like our community is extremely welcoming and I'm like to you know to queer folk and I'm like that's so interesting that you say that I think a lot of people like don't even realize how barred off and that's how you know somebody in my opinion that's how you know someone's really straight if they think the communities they they really have never had a gay thought in their life you know like (laughs) yeah being Muslim too my small sect is known to be the most liberal sect of Islam like a lot of people are like y'all are fake Muslim like how liberal we are even then people are like yeah like our community is like so easy to be gay like look like all these people were gay but like I had a friend who was bullied all his life because everyone thought he was gay he was he later on came out but still it's not the same (laughs) yeah 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 a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah People are just closed-minded, I guess, but we are here to change that and make a pathway for others like us. What's been the most enlightening part of your coming out journey? I know you talked a lot about just finding yourself, being who you are, but what do you think has been just the most profound part of it? The most profound part, and I, I get emotional sometimes thinking about this, the friendships that I have made since coming out have been so deep and so impactful. I think in ways that my straight friendships, I mean, they weren't, I was never straight, but the way that when I was straight, my friendships went were really different. I think like everyone that I've met so far in the queer community doesn't take friendship, love, connection for granted. I think there's like a moment in many people's, many queer journeys where you're nervous about being accepted, you know, or this or that. When me and my queer friends come together, we just love each other so deeply, like in in ways that I I just had never experienced with any of my other friendships. Um, That that has probably been like the most enlightening part for me. That's so beautiful. You don't take friendship for granted. Like you don't take connection and love for granted because we know like, any one person could just just wake up that day and decide to be a dick you know so like we come together in joy and love so well I love that but that just shows how being queer is such a community and the gay community is always out there for everyone and just taking advantage of all of that and I don't know it's just so beautiful to me and I'm glad that you've gotten those friendships and that deep connection other than all the beautiful friendships you've made and what ways have you grown personally yourself? Yeah, I've just, I've just like done so much internal work um, on myself. I, I read this book or a, a really short portion of this book that said like life, and this is the quote, life is too short to care what people think, unquote. And, and that has just been like ringing in my mind the past just so long and it's really like shifted how I view everything and it's been it's a big part of it has been it's been like the internal growth that's come and and putting in the work on myself and 
and the self-love and yeah that's amazing um to wrap it up a bit what advice would you give to someone struggling with their sexuality you know i would say to them and i'll just i'll just speak directly to them now you are you you're fully you right now who you are is a big part of you it's the part of you that makes you really beautiful that makes you shine that like brings the most love into the world um it's the most awesome and wholesome version of you and it's not separate from you at all don't compartmentalize it for a moment it's fully fully you um and when you are able and willing to come out you'll be a beacon and light for those who are struggling right now um, when you are ready so take your time and figure it out and you have people here to support you and you will be a support for other people one day um with much love and much gratitude i'm, I'm just grateful to have this opportunity to be on this podcast to meet people like Sammy and, um, and other brown queer folk who are really doing this work with me and you know, separate from me and in each micro community that exists until, you know, we use this word in um, JQ where I work, JQ International, we use the word queer liberation. And um, that's and until every single member of our community you know, is free and happy and healthy like Olivia Rodrigo says, um, the work's not done. So thank you all. Beautiful. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jay, for taking the time to speak to me today. And thank you to the audience for listening. For updates on the show, subscribe to the website, thequeerexperience.com with all dashes. This is Sammy with The Queer Experience, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>